Well, we need to bless His name. Amen? Amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 24. Psalm 24. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Psalm chapter 24. Psalm chapter 24. Psalm chapter 24, begin reading verse 1, says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands, and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is a generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Salah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory, Salah. Verse 8 and verse 10 poses us a question. Notice there again, it says, who is this King of glory? Verse 10 says, who is this King of glory? I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning asking that you'd meet with us. We need the hand of God to come upon this place, upon every heart, upon every mind. And Lord, that you would do a work that I cannot do, Lord. Lord, I pray that you just give me words to say that would come from heaven and not from me. And Lord, I pray that you'd be glorified. May Jesus Christ be lifted up. No doubt there may be some here that do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. If they were to die today, they don't know that they'd go to heaven. Lord, I pray that today would be that day that they would come and receive you as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, they'll have that hope for eternity placed in Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, I pray every Christian would be stirred and their hearts would be moved towards you. We thank you. We'll praise you. May Jesus Christ be lifted up. Hide me behind the cross. May he be glorified for this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Twice in this psalm here we find that you see the same question, who is the King of glory? But it goes on and it answers, said the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Or the Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. And many times what happens is that it's a very simple question, who is the King of glory? But what is sad today is that there's many who do not know who the King of glory is. They do not understand uh, the day and time in which we live. I know uh, just as uh, uh, last year uh, a young lady, I was talking to a young lady, she was uh, I think in the fifth grade. And I was talking to her and there was, the conversation got around about, about some things. And I said, well, where do you go to church? And she said, I don't go to church. I said, did you ever go to church? She said, I've never been in church in my life. And I said, uh, do you know who Jesus is? And she said, no, not really. She said, I know he has something to do with Christmas. And that's all she knew. A fifth grader. A fifth grader. You say, in, the, in, in our area, in Marshall. And you would be surprised how many would give you the same answer. Not knowing who the King of Glory is. Not knowing who Jesus Christ is. And I began to, as I was studying, I began to, 
tried to pull up some surveys, and there's different places, and I, I searched the internet, and, and the most recent survey that I could pull up on this, uh, on the fact of knowing who Jesus is, that he's the Son of God, was 2020, the survey was. In 2020, a survey conducted by Ligonier Ministries uh, found 52% of U.S. adults say they believe that Jesus Christ is not God. They believe that he's not God. 52%, over half of the Americans, half the people of the United States do not believe that Jesus Christ is God. According to the preliminary release of findings of 2020 State of Theology Survey, 52% of American adults believe that Jesus was a great teacher, but not God. Went on and says, among those surveyed, and this is the shocking part, among those surveyed who identify as evangelicals, otherwise Christians, 30% agree that Jesus was merely a great teacher. My friend, can I tell you something? A great teacher can't save your soul. Nearly 65% agreed in a statement that Jesus was probably the first and greatest being created by God. My friend, we've got to understand that there has been the truth of the Word of God that's, that's fallen in the streets. In this world, Satan is busy about casting out the truth of God's Word because he wants to bring about uh, an ignorance about who God is. Because he doesn't want your children or my children or our grandchildren or our great-grandchildren knowing about Jesus Christ, that he came into the world to save lost sinners. And so Satan is busy working and trying to destroy that. In Isaiah 59, Isaiah uh, spoke of a very similar situation. In verse 12 he says, For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. Our transgressions are with us, and our, iniqu our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, and he says in verse 14, he says, And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth far off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter, yea, truth faileth. In our day and time, one of the things that is under attack, and I, I spoke about this last week just a little bit in our, in our message uh, 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 because of Fort July, but truth in America is fallen in the street. No longer do you know what's right and wrong in many instances uh, in people's minds. In many instances, people don't know what the truth is. You turn on the TV and you listen to it. You don't know whether it's real or not. You get all this stuff. Hey, listen, you get all these uh, text and, and, all the, and phone calls on your, on your cell phones and stuff. And, uh, and you know, they're, they're trying to sell you. And, and this guy, he comes on with this voice that it's got this uh, real distinct Asian accent that you can't hardly understand him. And he says, hi, my name is Steve. <laughs> Well, that throws up a red flag right there. And then he, he says different things, and he's wanting information about, about you and everything, and of course you just hang up on them. Scams and everything going on, and, and truth has fallen in the street. We no longer have the solid truth anymore about where the Bible stands, and, and we have a, in, in our media that is leaning and, and pushing the falsehoods instead of the truth. We no longer have the, the media many times that are out there searching for the truth in situations and reporting what is true, but they're trying to make scenarios to, to uh, uh, propagate their, their, the direction they want things to go. 
and truth is falling in the street. And one of the truths that they want to fall in the street is the truth of God's Word. Because they don't want you guys to know about Jesus Christ. They don't want the next generation to know that Jesus Christ came into the world. They don't want the, this world to know that, that Jesus Christ is God. Man's living in the lies of the devil and many don't even know who Jesus really is. Satan is busy, as I said, to destroy the truth of God and who Jesus is in order to try to destroy the foundations. You see, this country was built upon the foundations of God's Word. The foundations that our home should be built upon should be the foundations of God's Word. The foundations upon which your marriage should be built upon should be the foundations of God's Word. The foundations upon which our, our, our educational system should be founded upon, should be the foundations of God's Word. The, the foundations in these young people's lives should be the foundation of God and His Word. And Satan wants to destroy that foundation. He does not want that foundation to stand strong. The foundation of our government, he wants it to fall. He doesn't want it to be founded, uh, and he doesn't want people to follow the Word of God. The foundation's in everything. The psalmist said in Psalms 11:3, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And so Satan is busy trying to disguise and trying to do away with truth and cast it into the street to keep people from turning to the truth. Man's turned from the truth of God's Word and no longer esteems Jesus as God. You, the report that I give, I remember as, as a young man and even in my teen years, and, and you see, you can remember that far back, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Only 115 years, it wasn't that long ago. Of course, John back here, it was 140 years, but anyway, it was... <laughs> <laughs> the fact is, is I remember when lost people, people that were carousers, people who were wicked people, they honored the Word of God in many respects. They, I knew, I remember back, back you hear this, you can tell when you get old when you start, start out a sentence, back in the day. <clears throat> Or back in my day, the fact is, is that I remember when Sunday was a day of church and a day of rest, and there was very few things even open. It was only things of necessity. And you didn't have all the, the schools playing sports and everything else on, on Sundays. That was God's day. And even the lost world respected that. Now you can't even get Christians to respect that. And truth has fallen in the streets. And Satan is trying to destroy the foundation that is built upon on truth. Hosea knew what it was like in his day for man to turn from the knowledge of, of God, of who God was. In Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, the Lord says, I will reject thee. He said, because they have rejected the word of God, because they have rejected my son, because they have rejected the things of God, he said, I will reject them. He's talking about a nation. Oh, but praise the Lord. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know that he's the son of God. You see, Jesus is God. He's part of the Trinity. In John chapter thirty, or John chapter ten, verse thirty, says, "I am, I and my Father are one." And people say, "Well, how can that possibly be?" Oh, very simple. He's God. Jesus Christ is God. Well, what about the Father? He's God. 
Well, you mean you got two gods? No, we got one God. Now, wait a minute, you said that Jesus is God and that the Father is God, and that's two, and, and how, can, how can it be? Well, let me throw another wrench in there. There's another one, it's called the Holy Ghost, and He's God. Yeah. You say, well, then we got three gods. No, we got one God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus and the Heavenly Father are one. They are both God, inseparable as God. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you read on down through there, you'll find out that it's talking about Jesus Christ being the Word. And when we see that, Jesus was not a created being, as some would like to say. He was in the beginning. It says, in the beginning was the Word. He always was and always will be, and again, He is God. In John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For there is three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one, otherwise a triune being. You say, well, preacher, how is that possible? you got, you got God the Father, you got God the Son, you got God the Holy Spirit. And that's one being? Yes, it's one being, but in three different offices. And it's a triune being. It's called the Trinity. He said, preacher, we don't find the word Trinity in the Bible. I understand that, but he said that they are one. You got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You say, well, how can that be? Well, you're a body, a soul, and a spirit. Now, which part of you is you? All of me. That's right. You say, well, but there you're talking about three individuals there. Jesus came in the flesh. Yeah, I understand that. We got God the Heavenly Father in heaven. We got the Holy Spirit. That How can that be? Well, everybody in here is familiar with an egg. You say, well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, you take that egg and you crack it. You got a shell. You got the white of the egg. And you got the yolk. Which part is the egg? Yeah, all of it is. But each part of it has a different office, you might say, a different purpose. Just as God does. You got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And everyone is God. And they all have a different, you might say, position in our salvation, in all that it takes place. Jesus is the Son of God, yet He is very, the very essence of God the Father who came in flesh uh, uh, of man. He's fully, he was fully man. But he was fully God. And this world struggles with who Jesus is. No, my friend, you shouldn't struggle. He's God. Boy, I tell you what, I'm glad I know who Jesus is in our day and time. Because this world will confuse you if you didn't know who Jesus was. Who is this king of glory which the psalmist is speaking of? Look at verse 8. It says, who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, and the Lord mighty in battle. Verse 10 says, Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And we find that He's the owner, though, of all creation. He's the owner of all creation. Without this King of glory, nothing shall or can exist. Look back up in verse 1. He says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. This King of glory has the title deed, you might say, to it all. He owns it all. He created it all. He made it for himself, uh, for his enjoyment, and, and by him all things consist. We find over in Colossians chapter 1, and I'm going to read the first part because it describes who, who uh, Jesus is here. 
It says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And it's talking about Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. Talking about Jesus Christ, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created. Now, wait a minute, who was that talking about? Well, it's talking about God, yes, but it's talking about Jesus Christ, too. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. You realize that we better wake up of who Jesus is, that he's God. We understand that he's a creator, but we need to understand that we need to live for him and serve him. I'm glad. Boy, I'll tell you what, this morning, I'm glad that I know who Jesus Christ is as I look at this world going through struggles and as I look at this world going through problems and I look at the world looking for answers. I, I'm glad, Sean, that I know who Jesus Christ is in my life and that I can turn to him, that I can follow him, that I can obey him, and he will watch over me, that he will protect me, that he will be there for me at all times. I'm glad that I know who Jesus Christ is. Boy, it's about time the church stood up with, with confidence and said, I'm glad I know who Jesus Christ is in my life. I'm glad I know who he is, that he's the son of God. I'm glad that I know that he's not only the son of God, but he is God. Amen. This world is denying who Jesus Christ is right and left. This world, and you, I read it for you a while ago, that 52% uh, of Americans back, and this is back in 2020, and things have deteriorated since then that believe that Jesus was not the Son of God. Over half of those in America. And then when you look at those who claim to be Christians, 30% of them, don't they just believe that he was a, a good teacher. That they didn't really believe that he was the Son of God. And so the, we, 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 we struggle today because the foundations are being destroyed. Well, who is this king of glory? Scripture tells us he's the God of blessings, the God of righteousness, and of salvation. Look at verse 5 there in Psalms 24. He, talking about Jesus Christ, talking about God, shall receive, or, or not he, the, uh, the person, you and me, shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This king of glory is the God of all blessings. Blessings that have no end. Blessings that reach beyond what we deserve. I'm going to tell you something this morning. You may think that you deserve more than what you've got, but I'm going to tell you something this morning. We don't deserve anything. If we got what we deserve, if we got what we deserve, We'd all be in a lake of fire for eternity. We don't deserve the forgiveness of God. We don't deserve the blessings of God. But I thank the Lord for those blessings. I thank the Lord for how that He loves us enough to bless our lives. That He would, would care for you and me. The blessings of those who uh, will live for Him and have received Him as their Savior and, and will live for Him. You, you receive that blessing of His presence. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But what's good to know when you're going through the, the, those dark hours of your life and when you're going through those difficulties and 
and you don't know how things are going to turn out. Uh, Janine's uncle, they, they had to take him in and they explained to him that they, they was going to do open heart surgery on him and that it was, you know, that it was going to be a little bit of, you know, a possibilities there that he might not come out from underneath it. And, and he knows Christ is Savior and he said, I'm okay. He said, I'm a world be. Boy, that's the blessing that you need to know. That you know Jesus Christ, and if you was to lay down your head tonight and never raise it again, that you'd be in heaven with him. Amen. Boy, what a blessing it is, and to have that presence of God in our lives when we're going through the struggles, and to have his power to carry us through, and to, and to empower us to live for him, to have his provisions that he provides for us, and watches over us, and meets the needs in our lives, to have that provision of protection as he watches over you and I and protects us from the, the wiles of the devil. It's called Satan would come in. If Satan had the opportunity, Curtis, he would destroy that little girl. But it's God's protection. God's protection. You parents in here, Satan would love to get in and destroy your child or your grandchild to get at you. But it's God's protection, God's hand. Not only their lives, but your own life. Satan does not like anything that's in the image and likeness of God. And so therefore he desires to destroy that. That's why we should raise our children to live for God so that they can have that protection of God in their lives also. That blessing of that protection, that blessing of His promised coming, that one day He's coming back. Boy, I'll tell you what, we, we look up around the world and, and, and we see all the problems and they're, you know, they're talking about the heightening of things, about the nuclear uh, uh, possibilities uh, where maybe Putin would get to a point where he says uh, enough's enough and I'm not going to lose this thing. I'll use nuclear weapons and then possibly pulling uh, the West into a nuclear battle and, and even China uh, heightening and running their ships here and there and, and all this uh, uh, sword rattling going on all around the world and, the, and if you, you talk to different ones, they, they, they gauge it and the, the possibilities of a nuclear war has really escalated. But I'm glad. I know who Jesus is. Amen. And I'm glad that I know that he's coming back. And I'm glad that I know that he is my Lord and Savior. I'm glad to know that it doesn't matter. I, we, I, I think it may have been John uh, Baker. We were standing out there talking to, uh, this, this morning in the foyer and, and talking about the, the nuclear plume or something. Or maybe, no, it was John Dice maybe. And we was talking, yeah, it was John Dice. We were talking about it and I said, you know what? If they're going to drop one of them things, I hope it lands right on top of me. They said, what? I said, won't feel a thing. <laughs> over that quick. But I'll be in heaven. Amen. So you're not afraid to die? No. I just don't look forward to the process. Amen. That's the reason I'd rather be real quick. I've, I keep telling Willie, I said, I'm going to try to, I said, I'm praying for God to come back while I'm alive. That way I'm going to cheat you out of every dime that you thought you was going to get. <laughs> the fact is, is that I'm glad I know who Jesus Christ is. The blessing of his coming. 
the blessing of His prepared home in heaven for you and I. If you know Christ as your Savior, and go on goes the blessings. This King of glory is also the God of righteousness. While the world is sinking deeper and deeper into immorality and seeking after self-centered indulgences, this King of glory calls each of us that are the children of God to seek after His righteousness to guide in our lives. That word righteousness begins with a word that a lot of people don't like. It's called right. R-I-G-H-T, right. To be right with God. To be right with His Word. To be right in the presence of the Lord. The King of glory is the God of righteousness. In Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. He said, put the Lord first. Seek the Lord first. Who are we seeking? Jesus Christ, the God of heaven. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God, we're to follow after righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Boy, put him first. Too many people today, are they're so busy about putting self first and the, and the moralities of this world and all the junk that's happening and being a part of this and being a part of that that is wicked and vile and, and, and has nothing to do with eternity and, and, and will bring the, their lives down and destroy their lives here in this life. And boy, over and over, the indulgences and the destruction of, of homes and the destruction of young people and the destruction of, of, of a nation and the destruction of, uh, uh, even of church today because people are not seeking after righteousness. He's the God of righteousness. That book you hold in your lap there is that guide for you and I to live for Him, to live right in the order that we might magnify Him, that we might bring honor and glory to His name, that we might please Him. God's people, every born again believer should turn our hearts and our lives to Him and live for His honor and His glory. The number one thing my desire from my children was not that they would become millionaires or that they'd have great talents or they'd have great possessions, but they would know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that they would grow up living for the Lord all the days of their lives. You see, when you pillow, when they take you that last day and they lay that body down in that grave, everything that you amassed in this world means nothing. It's gone. They say, well, preacher, but what about all the I had while I was here? What about that? Yeah, but what about eternity that's going to last forever? That's what matters. That's what matters. Oh, that we would live righteously for the Lord, to live, to magnify Him, to glorify Him with our hearts and lives. The King of glory is a God also of salvation. He's the only way of salvation. John 14, 6 says, Jesus saith, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I read a, an article, and I know they grouped in a whole bunch of different religions and everything, but 70% of those who profess to be Christians, 70% in America, claim there was more than one way to, to heaven than through Jesus Christ. 
70%. Uh, you say, preacher, you're just narrow. You better believe it because that book's narrow. The Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way, not one of the ways. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I think that's pretty narrow. And I think it pretty well settles how you're going to get to heaven. You say, well, what about Muhammad? You'll die and go to hell. Oh, preacher, you shouldn't say that. Well, what about Buddha? You'll die and go to hell. Well, about, whoa, 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 what about, what about all these other gods that they all, you know, and they're good, they're good people and everything, preacher. I didn't say they're bad people. You'll die and go to hell. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's the God of salvation. Jesus Christ went to the cross and died in your place and my place so that we could have eternal life. We owe a sin debt that we can't pay. But Jesus Christ paid the sin debt he didn't owe. A perfect, a perfect sacrifice, the, the shed blood of the Son of God who had never sinned and shed that precious blood as an offering that we might have the forgiveness of sins when we ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins and come into our hearts and lives and be our Lord and Savior when we receive Him as our Savior. He said that He, he would not cast anyone out. He said, for whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. But with the heart, the Bible says, but with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confessions man of salvation. It's with your heart that you desire to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Who is this king of glory? Strong and mighty. Verse 8 says, Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He's conqueror and he's judge. And none can stand before him. In Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, And it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. Every person in this room, there is a judgment coming. You say, well, preacher, I'm saved. I know, but there is a judgment seat. There's a judgment seat. You have, you have the judgment seat of Christ when, as a Christian, we come before the Lord. And it is, has to do with your rewards that you'll have in heaven. It's not about whether you're saved, not because you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But it's about your rewards and how you lived here on this earth. But there is the white throne judgment that's coming for everybody else. Those who have not received Jesus Christ as their Savior, there is a judgment that they will stand before and their works will be looked at, but it's not to determine whether they get to go into heaven, but how terrible hell will be. And they will be cast into a lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, never to get out. There is a judgment coming. Romans chapter, uh, and every knee is going to bow before the Lord, the King of glory. Romans 14, 11, 12 says, For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God. So then everyone shall give an account of himself to God. I get to thinking about that, giving an account. The Bible says that every knee, every knee shall bow. Every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. It's not like the Lord doesn't know. But remember we talk about truth? Then in our lives the truth comes out.
we find over in First Corinthians or Second Corinthians chapter five, verse ten says, "For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every knee or that every one may receive the things done in this body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad." You see, this mighty and strong King of glory will be your judge and my judge one day. Oh, how we should live so we'll not be ashamed in his presence. Christian, we need to keep a short account. You know, years ago, and I don't know if anybody, I guess there's some places kind of do this. But you used to go into some of the old mom and pop stores. They had what they called a running account. You'd go back there and you'd maybe you'd pick you up some, some bread and some eggs and some, some uh, meat or whatever. And, and while you was in there, you got you a pair of shoes. I mean, that's the old mom and pop store. You went over and bought you a hammer. And uh, a few other things, they had a little bit of everything. It's kind of like what Snotty Store is over uh, by Boonville. I mean, you, you get anything from shotgun shells to uh, electrical supplies to uh, 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 muck boots to you name it, they, they had it. Mom and Pop Store. But they used to go up there and you put that up there and you'd say, oh, can you put that on my account? They'd take a pad out, they'd write your name at the top. They write down everything that you bought, the price of everything, and, and most of the time they didn't even have you sign it. Your word was good. That's back when you could shake hands. And it was, it was your bond, it was your seal. Well, I'll tell you what, anymore, you better, you better, when you shake hands with somebody, you better put your hand on your pocketbook nowadays. Because it don't mean a whole lot. But the fact is, is that it used to be a day and time that was a bond, that was a seal on the, on the transaction, that was a contract. But that account was there and, and then you would come in when you had the money and you would settle up the account. You come in, you say, I want to pay off my account. My friend, we can't pay off the account ourselves. Jesus Christ is the only one that can pay off the account. But as a Christian, we need to keep a short account. What are you talking about? I'm talking about when we sin, we need to go to the Lord and ask the Lord to forgive us of that sin. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's keeping a short account. You say, what do you mean? I mean, if you, if, uh, if you let's say, uh, 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 that you, you did something to Blake and, and it was wrong... Now, it would probably be the other way around. I understand that, Levi. But if you did something to Blake and it was wrong and, and you, you've realized that, you need to ask the Lord to forgive you. Keep a short account. And you need to tell him that you're sorry. Now, I know it would be the other way around, but anyway. Keeping a short account. We need to keep a short account so that those things don't stack up. Because the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from all sin. And then we, in closing, we need to lift up our heads this morning for the King of glory. Look at verse 7. He says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Look at verse 9. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in shall come in. Oh, how we need to lift up our heads unto the King of glory and allow the gates of our hearts to be opened unto Him. Too many times today, Christians, we're closed 
to what God wants us to do. Too many times today, this world is closed to receiving Christ as their Savior. We need to allow Him into every area of our lives, every area of our homes, every area of our marriage, every area of our church, every area of our nation. He said, lift up your heads. If you don't personally have this King of glory as your Savior and Lord, you need to lift up your eyes. You need to lift up your head this morning and open up your heart for Him to, to come into your heart and life. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him, and he with me. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, the Lord standing at your heart's door, and he's knocking, wanting to come in. We call that conviction a lot of times. But what it is, is the Lord's waiting for you to lift up your heads and open your heart to Him and receive Him as your Savior. And He stands at your door, the heart's door, and knocks. If you refuse and you keep your, your head down and you don't open up your heart to Him one day, as we already said, you'll kneel before Him. You'll be judged in the, in the great white throne judgment. You'll be cast into a lake of fire forever and ever. And you had an opportunity to open your heart's door to Him. But Christian, listen to me. Likewise, you and I, we need to lift up our heads. And we need to begin to lift Him up. And we need to begin to magnify Him in our hearts and lives and letting others know about our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to begin to share His greatness with others. We need to lift up our, the King of glory in our hearts and lives and every area of our life. Making Jesus once again the King of glory in your life. Putting Him first. Worshiping Him and Him only. Glorifying and testifying of His goodness. We need to lift Him up. We need to open the gates of our hearts and lives again as, as a church and magnify the Lord so that others can hear about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the King of glory. Oh, this morning, I'm glad that I know who Jesus is. I'm glad. Because without Him, I would have nothing. Who is Jesus? He's the King of glory. I'm glad that I know He's the Son of God. I'm glad I know He's my Savior. I'm glad I know He's my protector. I'm glad I know that He's the one that blesses. I'm glad I know He's a righteous God. Oh, how we need to live for Him. Christian, we need to get back to reviving our hearts and lives and lift up our eyes unto the Lord. So many times we come and sit in the services just out of routine. But we need to lift up our heads unto the God of heaven. And open up our hearts and magnify Him. Let Him come in and do the work that He wants to do in your heart and my heart. That He would be glorified. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, please. This morning, I hope you know who Jesus is. I hope that you know Him as your Lord and Savior. But if not, you can. If you'll come during the invitation, we'll take a Bible. We'll show you how you can receive Him, how you can open your heart to Him and receive Him as your Lord and Savior and have the hope of eternal life. And Christian, this morning, 
I hope you realize what you have in Jesus Christ. And I hope that you'll lift up your head and open up the gates of your heart and worship Him and serve Him and live for Him in righteousness and godliness. And you'll see the blessings come as God does a work in your heart and life. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for this day. Lord, I pray that we would know who the King of glory is. Who is this King of glory? He's a mighty God. He's Jesus Christ. He's our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. Let us, Lord, magnify you. Have your will and way this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?